0: Welcome to episode 58 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 podcast.
1: My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is... Gabe Sachs. There we go, there we go. (laughs) Thank you, we cleared all that up. I feel much better. that you have... You have a new bit going. I like it. Uh Jeff, how are you? You're you're in California. Uh, we're we're miles we, yes. away from each other.
0: We were just saying Gabe did not know this apparently, but I am in Los Angeles oh as boy. we record this. I am on the red eye back to New York tonight. But I have been here, He's here this week. Yep. Um after a brief sojourn in Kansas City. Fancy. I've been back in Los Angeles for the week. And uh, yes, unfortunately, we did not get to see each other these last few days. But you are coming to New York.
1: I will be seeing you in New York actually probably a couple of times because I'm going to probably go yeah. back and uh, for Fashion Week. So all good.
0: Oh, man. How
1: incredibly exciting. We'll see. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. 58. Hmm. That's a, uh, are you waiting that's, for something?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just I, – I don't know. I've learned <laughs> these days not to skip too fast past the number.
1: Oh, yes. Don't skip too fast because that was my friend – 1965 now what's what's interesting about 1965 is that i'm gonna mention some cameras and i discovered a camera that i've never seen i've never what? heard of and i'm dying to have until i saw the price tag so let's ah. let's start with um with this one first okay 1965 the Leicaflex m K two. So LycFlex Mark Two. Heard of it. Never he- flex MK two. Yeah. Black paint. Ladies and okay. gentlemen. Beautiful. If you go on eBay, you will see one for twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I was wow. so excited to see this camera, and now I'm gonna be lusting after it, but I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. I probably seen them, and they're probably the chrome ones are not as expensive, but uh, I know the Mark One and the so, SL after that, but this was in yeah. between there, and I it was 1965. It must have been like, you know, a year. I just don't get Does it. Does
0: it look just like the like of it looks like one. the like of
1: likes, except with that black paint? It's stunning. Wow, you know that's that. Yeah, I've that's, never
0: seen that. That's an excellent trick. Okay, Okay, so Leica, here here's else?
1: let's get into your wheelhouse of fun. Uh, I would say the um, how about this one for you? Not exactly yeah. your wheelhouse, but. The, the Minolta Auto Pack 700. Okay. Is the, that a 110 camera? No, oh, you're so close. 126 format. What? Oh. Yeah. It's really, wow. really cool. It looks really cool. Um, comes with a fixed lens. Uh, yeah. The Rokar 38 millimeter 2.8. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it it looks like a really cool camera. And it's one of those cameras you look at and you go, oh, I'd like to try that. Even though I've yeah. it seems like when you look at it, oh, I've seen similar cameras to this. But uh, I have never seen that one. That, that's that's sort of a new one for me.
0: Have we ever talked about 126 film? On no, this
1: not much. I don't think so. But we should because there's some interesting cameras in that world.
0: Yeah, apparently you can reload 126 uh cassettes mm-hmm. with 35 millimeter film.
1: I had no idea.
0: Cuz it's basically it's approximately the same size. Obviously it's a square format. Yeah. And there are very teeny tiny sprockets if I'm not mistaken. Uh but apparently you can stick 126 film in I don't know. Apparently there. We are. We should look that to up. I want I love yeah. that.
1: I think that's a real thing. Okay, you ready? Yes. My one of my favorite cameras I own. Oh. Nineteen sixty-five, the Hasselblad EL, uh, the EL with what that. that is. Yes, you do because you made fun of it. It's the one oh, with is that this big the giant motor thing? <laughs> with the motor underneath. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. People for some reason hated this camera. I right. love it. Yes, it's heavy and all that thing, but it makes such a cool sound. I mean, look, the Hasselblad makes a cool sound when you press the shutter, anyway. But with the motor, it's even sexier. Yeah. So it's it's fun, yeah. very very exciting, but. You know, very short lived. Um, An enormous, enormous camera. An enormous. It was. It was sort of a big one. Okay. So here's one that I don't know that I'm pretty sure you know that was only produced for one year. Okay. This could be a trivia question for you. The Olympus Pen EM.
0: Oh baby, do I know this camera?
1: You see, I knew it.
0: The Olympus Pen EM. One year. One year yeah because it was terrible (laughs) uh it had a motor drive oh it had a motor drive and it's incredibly unreliable i have never heard of anyone finding one in working condition obviously this is from the beloved olympus pin line of half frame cameras which i adore but this is the runt of the litter oh Um, poor
1: thing yeah yeah that's unfortunate have you used yep. one? Did you use one ever? No.
0: I've seen one in person once or twice, but they never work. Oh, okay. It is just one of those like accursed, you know, the ambition was ahead of the technology kind of cameras. And uh, no, have not actually used.
1: Okay. Well, my last one. And then uh, I have one. Oh, great. I'm excited. Yeah. The Nikkor Mat FT. Oh, the was this FT? the first Knicker Mat? It was, it was $270 with an F2 lens. Yeah. Yeah and uh, and the thing was is they produced it because it was less than the Nikon f, yes, which is considered as the professional camera, so this sort of changed things. but um, yeah, the nickermat f t
0: they are still great deals
1: hundred percent these are these are great deals. I don't know why people I don't know if they're if people are in their ears or something, but people move away and go right to f twos and no one thinks about the nickermats. They look no. at them like, oh, something must be wrong with them because they're so they're not very expensive
0: no they're incredibly cheap i have seen knicker mats for as little as 20 bucks oh
1: my gosh! and guys
0: i mean they have one small anomaly which is the same anomaly as the olympus om1 you know what i'm talking about which shutter speed on the lens
1: oh right
0: yeah some people don't like the shutter speed collar around the lens some people actually love it um but it's the Nikon F lens mount, right, guys. Right. The greatest glass ever. It's like, these things are great entry-level cameras. Yes. This is another thing that I'm gonna rant about the K1000 partisans yes. a little later. Yes. This is another thing like, why would you go crazy to get a, a K1000 when you could get a Nicromat or a Nicromat FTN or a Nicromat yep. FT2? These are fantastic cameras. And it's all about the box that you put, bolt the glass to, guys. Right. Ugh. I see Tucker behind you. There's
1: Tucker behind. Tucker say yeah, hi. Yeah, oh, he gave a look. He gave a little look. That was very good. Very good. I think that
0: might be his first on camera appearance. Yeah,
1: Tucker. Do you like that? Look at that.
0: Uh, how about that? Well, that's an excellent rundown. But I have one more beautiful model I'm that was released so in 1965. Do you know what it is?
1: Please tell me my girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> oh that is so good <laughs> i
0: have to say she came out in 1965 <laughs> yeah she did um and i love her so i had i had to just, As we're doing 65 i can't let that go by
1: <gasps> that's yes. great
0: yes she came out in the spring of 1960 i love that yes well that is an excellent rundown there my friend. you go there we go well, I have a few little events that I want to cover, and then we have a special segment oh, that we are yes. debuting oh. in today's episode, and then we will get to our extraordinarily prodigious mailbag. Yes. Uh, first up, I went to see a photography show in New York City.
1: What? What did you see?
0: Do you know the photographer Terry O'Neill? Yes. The great British photographer, Terry O'Neill. Well, there is a show of Terry O'Neill's photography at Fotografiska in New York City.
1: Oh, great. Oh, cool. And it
0: is amazing. And I will tell you, I absolutely loved it. I had a book of Terry O'Neill's photography. I mean, let's see. His best-known images. Uh, Faye Dunaway by the pool with her Oscar. Um Audrey Hepburn with a dove on her shoulder. Uh, Frank Sinatra with his goons in Miami. Uh, Brigitte Bardot with a cigarette on her lips. Uh, I mean, some of the great images of the 20th century were taken by this man. And this is an absolutely beautiful show. It's up for a couple more weeks. So uh, if you're in New York, definitely see it. One of the things, of course, I loved about this was seeing his contact sheets.
1: Oh, wow. Oh. that stuff makes me crazy i love that and and did they also show like his decision making like you saw yes yeah that's the oh yeah yeah
0: you see like the grease pencil on the ones that he x's out and the ones that are maybes and then the ones that the subject of the photograph maybe didn't like so much
1: that's amazing uh, to me i love
0: it and when you see him uh like honing in on what the ultimate image is and you see the way in which he's repositioning the subject and trying different poses and trying different angles. To me, it is watching a photographer's mind in action. I can't get enough of that stuff. So that That's was an so amazing cool. show. Amazing. Have you seen any photography museum shows lately?
1: You know what? I went to Bergamot station again oh, and I to went to, Peter I Fetterman? went, to, I went to Peter Fetterman, a special treat. Peter was there. Oh, and, nice. um, I was looking through some old photos that I had never seen of David Bowie and wow. some photos of the Beatles that have never been published, like really wow. interesting photos there. And then, um, and then you know, he has his fashion stuff up there, but I am such a fan of Sarah Moon's. and Oh, I know you are. And yeah. he said it took forever to get those prints, but he was so excited to get them. And they're amazing. Amazing. Yeah.
0: There were some great uh, Bowie images and Beatles images in this show too. You know, the one with Bowie and the dog on the hind legs. Oh yeah. 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 That's Terry O'Neill. So great. Yeah. So that sounds great. Peter Fetterman, for those who don't know, that is one of the premier photography galleries in the country. And we just happen to have it here in Santa Monica. It's amazing.
1: It's amazing. He's got great stuff. And if he's there, he's happy to talk to you about it. It's, it's really exciting. And, uh, And that's a man who saw the Beatles live in England. So it was very exciting. That's
0: amazing. Uh, Also, you know, because I'm a traveler, uh, I was in Kansas City and Lawrence, Kansas this past weekend. Wow. Uh, My son is the sports editor of the Lawrence Journal World, started that job about a month and a half ago. And so I was helping him get set up in his new place. And of course, I had to go to the local camera shop. The local camera shop, as it happens, is about forty-five minutes away in Overland Park, Kansas. Mm. It is called Overland Photo Supply. Uh-oh. Very, very nice place, and the only camera store they say for three hours in any direction. Did I buy something, Gabe? What do you think?
1: Let me think. Let me ca- let me calculate three hours in every direction. I would say you might have picked something up that you wait wait, and it's probably something you didn't exactly need. But let me hear.
0: Yeah. Well, why am I on an M42 kick? Oh, why boy. am I suddenly, after offloading all of my screw mount gear, piece by piece, why is it all coming back? You know, this started with the Pentagon, right? right? And briefly, my flirtation with the Electro Spotmatic. before that. Uh, well, now, guys, I have reacquired a camera that I used to own, which, you know, is always poison. <laughs> May I present? the pentax spotmatic f
1: it's a beauty i mean yeah
0: this is the last of the spotmatic line before they retired the m42 mount and started making the k mount bayonet leading to the k1000 this is the only spotmatic that has open aperture metering of course you need the proper smc or super multi-coated takamar lenses to do it with but it is compatible you can do stop-down metering with any m42 lens virtually ever made i paired it with my new 50 millimeter 1.4 radioactive lens that i got in seattle (laughs) i said in our last episode is there a more beautiful 35 millimeter slr i continue to maintain there is not (laughs) i mean look how great it's pretty beautiful The other thing I had kind of forgotten, these things are, wait, like butter. Oh, look at that shutter release. I'm not sure I've seen that. Yeah, that's a beauty. Incredibly well engineered. Somebody who was rhapsodizing about this camera compared it to the Leica M, guys.
1: Interesting. Smooth.
0: This, of course, is the camera that my photography teacher at summer camp had, and that is what sent me on the crazy road to where we are now. I am very happy to have it. It came with a soft release and a nice leather strap.
1: That's a that's really nice.
0: How much did this cost, Gabe? What do you think? Two hundred? I would say. I
1: would say. This is what I'll say. I'll say. I'll give you a really good guess. Let me see it. Yes.
0: Give me a really good guess.
1: I would say two fifty.
0: Ninety nine dollar.
1: You're kidding.
0: Not a single Spotmatic in their inventory was more than a hundred dollars. Most of them were thirty to seventy dollars, oh and I'm gosh. talking about in immaculate condition. I'm not going to do this rant again, guys. But these Spotmatics and the okay and the H slash S series that precede them, which are meterless. These are some of the greatest bargains in 35mm SLRs. They are stunning. They're great cameras. Incredibly reliable. This is a K1000 in different livery. Wow. It's virtually the same camera. Open aperture metering. It's got a stop-down lever, which the K1000 does not have. Hmm. It has a self-timer. What could, what more could you ask for? But does did you touch that self timer? That's that's my question. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It does not have exposure. <laughs> it does not have uh, exposure Absur? compensation. Yeah, yeah. But that didn't happen much, until much much later. It's not a. It's it's a match needle thirty five millimeter SLR, and I can't wait to get out and shoot with this. Very and a great exciting. deal and
1: a great deal,
0: tremendous deal. Yep, guys out there in listener land, tell us about your fascination. I know we did a Pentax show, but I want to hear if there are any more Spotmatic partisans out there.
1: I bet there are. Yeah, a couple.
0: Have you bought anything? <laughs>
1: why? Why would you accuse me? of I mean, why would you assume? Well, that you I bought would...
0: three digital cameras in our last segment. So, yes, and I, I see I... three cameras on the shelf behind you. So, I wonder. <laughs> no, I,
1: I right? honestly, it's so sad that I have to think about this. But I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh no, no! I told you about the digital cameras. Yes, I you think did. that's. Uh, that's it at the moment but you know why why because i'm going to new york next week oh and, and where i are might, we gonna I'm, go i might fall into B and uh see what they at have M, and we're gonna make a trip and K&M. to k&m together yeah. too yeah
0: and maybe brooklyn film camera oh maybe 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 <laughs> if we can stand to go over the river um have you been out shooting with any of your new gear
1: yes i um i shot my friend who's a comedian polly we went to mel's diner on sunset nice at like 10 at night and we just shot with the uh i did the digital it was a digital shoot om10 and the um the d700 the nikon and that was really really fun because you know rafael hernandez one of our heroes um he said if you tried the flash on that camera The pop-up flash. I said, no. And he goes, oh, he goes, you got to try the pop. He goes, you won't believe it. And I'm going, "What could the pop? It's a little pop-up flash. It's just a pop-up, simple, whatever. It's unbelievable. It is not only so powerful that we were shooting on sunset in the dark and just even overexposed some of it, but it was so great. It was so amazing. So uh, that was really, really, really exciting. And then- wow." um, and then I am shooting uh, tomorrow, my friend Becca, we are uh, shooting at one of these uh, photo setup places that has, you know, C stands and stuff like that. But um, are you familiar with Peer Space or any of those places like spacer no. Okay. So spe- Peer Space, you can go onto and find, you know, photo studios at reasonable costs where you can rent hourly. So it could be photo studios, it could be places that allow photo shoots, it could be, or even if you want to have an event or a meeting or a photo meetup or whatever, you can rent these spaces by the hour. So people, you know, for independent films and for casting and you just, there's there's a bunch of places. And I think there's one called Splicer, there's a bunch of them, but you sign up and they're, um, you know, it's sort of like an Airbnb-ish kind of thing, but you're just, you know, renting by the hour. So, uh, found a place to shoot and they have great studios, downtown LA that are really reasonable. So it's obviously more reasonable than, you know, renting for a day or, you know, having a monthly insane expense. So yeah. anyway, cool. doing that tomorrow, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm raving now, but we'll see.
0: Nice. Well, I, uh, I shot a roll through the Minolta Peas a mm-hmm. uh, roll of ferrani p p30 i got it back very good oh nice very good results i just sent in a roll of uh, Portra 400 Great. i now have uh those who follow our instagram have noticed this <laughs> i now have um three of them <laughs> uh four of them sorry mm-hmm. i have four of them i have them in red green gold and blue <laughs> i love it I'm going to be giving them out as gifts to be honest, but um, (laughs) anyway, it's a delightful camera to use, and the results are great. If you use slower speed, finer grain film and blow it up, you get a very nice image. Oh, the only, only teeny tiny knock on these cameras, you know, what I didn't realize is how often I compensate for backlighting or low lighting. Oh, in other words. Like the photograph that I put up on Instagram today that I shot behind the scenes during one of uh, Paulina's photo shoots mm-hmm. in Vienna, I was very aware I could not trust the on-camera meter. So because it. we were shooting a set, right? And right. there was lots and lots of darkness around it. So if it averaged the frame, it was going to be wrong. Right. So I was opening, I was shooting aperture priority, but I was saying overexposed by a stop, a stop and a half, two stops. I do that routinely without even thinking about it. Right. Similarly. If I'm shooting with the Olympus XA4, it's got a plus one lever on the bottom for backlight compensation. I have so many cameras that can do this and it's so valuable. Well, with an all automatic camera like the Minolta P's that has no backlight compensation, that exposure is going to screw you a lot. Oh, wow. And that happened. I'm just going to have to be more careful with that. Right. And more aware of the fact that the meter gets fooled very easily. But other than that, Really nice. That's and, great. Uh, I'll let you know how those portrait shots out. I can't happen. wait to but see. But I got to tell you, this camera is the size of a bar of soap. It slips in your pocket. It's so easy to use, and it's panoramic all the time. Even if I just think of it as a training regimen for my x right? It's
1: great. But I, I have really to say, insane. it's way stronger. Remember when I when I was holding it? It yeah. just felt great. It didn't feel like yeah. a cheap point and shoot at all. Like it was no, very really different. Well made. Yeah.
0: And uh, I have noticed that prices have crept up. You know, that's the IDOC effect. Everyone yeah, knows about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like we talk about a camera on the show and its value goes up on eBay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Yes. Uh, yesterday, I watched a an award-winning documentary on the photographer Nan Golden mm-hmm. called All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? I have.
1: I It feels like I've seen it a long time ago, but... Tell me how no, no, it was. No, you
0: couldn't you could not have seen it a long time oh, it's ago. It's new. It only came out. It came out in 2021.
1: Oh no, I didn't see it then. Tell me.
0: It's Well, look. I, okay, I'm just going to be honest here. Oh my god, here come the teeming masses. Oh boy. I have never particularly been a fan <laughs> of her work.
1: Here it comes.
0: <sighs> and, you know, apropos of what you were saying a moment ago about like on camera flash that like, you know that
1: Yeah, a bright washed yeah. out. Yeah
0: you know, uh, late night disco party kind of look. Um, It has its place. I remember when I first saw The Ballad of Sexual Dependency, I would flip through that book so many times in stores and go, what is this? What is it? Well, this movie does two things that are really interesting. One is that it places her work in the context of New York in the late 70s and early 80s and the sort of scene that she was part of. It also talks a lot about her family background. Uh and finally it talks about her activism. You know, she had a lot to do with getting the Sackler name taken off of all those major museums. Yes. Uh so I you know what? Yep, anyway, I
1: saw it. Yeah. Yep, now I completely remember the yeah. story. Yeah, the yeah. Sackler. I remember the whole thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, and listen, this is not really a photography documentary. No. I mean, you do I did take note of the fact that she uses Uh, early on she's actually using a spotmatic early on then she moves to nikon slrs and then i think at one point she's got a tlr that she's shooting with so i definitely take took note of that but it is not really about photography it all also was interesting to me i did not know this about her that Ballad of sexual dependency started as a slideshow that's how she presented her work that she did not initially show her stuff in galleries or publish it in books. They were designed as slideshows. And she would tinker with the slideshows based on how audiences at clubs responded to them. Because in many cases, they were seeing pictures of themselves. So if people screamed and cheered for an image of themselves, the slide would stay in. If people did not respond, she would take the slide out. Isn't that interesting?
1: That's really interesting.
0: So it was a way of kind of workshopping her stuff and seeing what images got a response. It was a way of engaging with her audience in a long, long, like 50 years before Instagram.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Isn't that interesting? I like that. So anyway... Highly recommend it. It's on Canopy with a K, which I believe I have mentioned on this podcast before. It is a free streaming service that you can get with your local public library card in many major cities. As crazy as
1: own. that sounds, it is amazing. I mean, the fact that yeah. it comes with your library card, but yeah, it's really yeah, good.
0: It's incredible. Many, many wonderful movies. Okay, I want to ask you about one more thing. And of yes. course, this is something that's been all on all of our lips. Mm. We're all talking about it. I was looking back at a show that we did a year ago Yes, and I wanted to sort of take a look at the explosion, Polaroid Music. Let's talk about how Polaroid Music has utterly
1: go, Gabe. Let me tell you something. Everyone's talking about it. Here's the thing: it seems, it seems crazy, but when I tried to get my Polaroid Music license plate, there was no. It was so much competition, I couldn't even. I they they said, in fact, when I just wrote P. They said, please stop. We know what's coming. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. We, listen, we underestimated
0: this. (laughs) We didn't know that it was going to become a global phenomenon. We underestimated the brain trust at Polaroid. We told them stick to film. Mea culpa. Okay. We were wrong. Everyone knows that Polaroid music was a transformative technology that utterly changed the way we engage with the music we love.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. We love it. We love it every day. I'm just wondering what songs I'm going to put on it today. <laughs> What's and happening? Now, Why did they spend like, I just ugh. now don't you think about like, okay, this is how much they spent on launching that. Incredible.
0: Incredible. Launching a player and all the promo and all the, oh, God and
1: goodness. the R and D and all the technical uh, ridiculous. stuff.
0: Ridiculous. and Ridiculous. Oh, oh, we just God. want some
1: film people.
0: Yes, exactly. We really would just like cheaper, better film. Yeah. I was happy to see, by the way, like at the Walmart in Kansas, you can buy Polaroid film. That's a good thing.
1: Wow. That's a good thing.
0: If only it were better. Yeah. Now we're going to introduce a new segment.
1: Oh, my goodness. Am I excited about this?
0: Okay. So we often get <laughs> suggestions from the teeming masses, from the prodigious mailbag, on. Topics for the show. And I keep a little log of these in a little iPhone note. And they have really started to pile up. So what we are introducing in this episode is, I mean, maybe there's a Fred Corey music cue for this. Oh, definitely. Rolling the dice! This was originally going to be a wheel, but I don't have a wheel. I only have a pair of dice. So we have 12 topics. I am going to roll the dice, and we are going to talk about whatever... Topic comes up. Are you ready, Gabe Sachs? Oh,
1: yes. Very ready. I'm excited.
0: Roll in the dice. Here it comes. The numbers are... It's a six. We have rolled a six. The topic is celebrities and their film cameras.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yep. Let's hear about it. So Let's hear about so, it. Thoughts
0: on celebrities with their film cameras.
1: I'm sort of in two categories. Like, there yes. are celebrities that really enjoy photography because, you know, when they're photographed so much and they see cameras and on and on, they start getting, you know, as their careers grow, they get into, you know, classic photographs and they start seeing famous photographers and then start getting into the history. So, so someone like Brad Pitt, who's into Leica M, I, I'm into that. Like he, he really is into it. He's a good photographer. He likes shooting. Uh, That stuff I like. Andy Summers from the band The Police. Phenomenal photographer. Amazing photographer and helped get me into sort of a different part of the Leica world which was amazing too but that stuff I like. The thing I'm not crazy about is the photographer that carries the camera onto a talk show and then you really never see that camera again. Or they maybe take... Some of them are great. Some of them take pictures that events all the time and it's fun and i love it but what happens is then the actor or cel- or almost celebrity sees that camera <laughs> needs to have that camera and then that camera goes up from you know seven hundred dollars to you know thousands of dollars yes yeah yes it makes me crazy
0: yeah, I agree with you. I like that uh, you know. And I was I was directing the TV show The Neighborhood, and of course, I always have my uh, camera in my back pocket. And the next day, Beth bears one of the actors on yep. the show, she showed up with her Lubitel.
1: <laughs> Love Come it. Come on. Love it.
0: Lubitel. I was so excited, and so she was shooting with her Lubitel, a TLR, a Russian TLR. How amazing! So, yeah, of course, these are people who spend time in front of the cameras. So naturally, they're curious about cameras. I got to say, it's a little more meaningful to me when I see them with a crappy point-and-shoot or some weird, exotic, strange, right. offbeat camera than when I see them with a champagne-bodied Contax G2. T2,
1: yes. T2. Yes. See, I, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. No, but but the funny—and then also this—you know, look, Maude Apatow— uh yes. she really is into it. Like she, you know, has, you know, real film cameras and and loves shooting them. So so like those people, I love their passion for it. Like they see it, they know they can express themselves artistically and love it. That's great. It's again exactly what you're saying, that have to have that champagne, you know, perfect thing. Don't really use it that much. But they will carry it with them. Yes. Uh to a party and you rarely see them take pictures with it.
0: Yep. All right. Next, roll of the dice. Here we go. Are you enjoying this segment?
1: I love it, and I think we do have to have a Fred Corey rolling the dice. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I might be able to find one. Here we go. And, ooh, number eight. <laughs> Our oddest cameras. Okay. Our oddest cameras, Gabe. Let's
1: I talk would about say it. there's a couple. Okay. So I I definitely think. One that catches people's attention uh, is the Contrax Bullseye. You oh, know, that's sure. That's just one of those. It's very, very heavy. The pictures are great. I have nothing bad to say about the camera other than if it breaks, it's going to be a paperweight because they put so much into that camera and the manufacturing of it that, you know, it's it just the parts are, it's impossible to sort of fix. But I love yeah. it. I, I do love that camera. That's sort of an on camera. And I would say, I would say one of my, I don't know, an older, I'm yeah. thinking of an older Russian camera, which I cannot remember what it was, but you know, Oh, Oh, you know what it is, Jeff? And you're going to have to tell me what it, what the camera is. Cause my brain's not working, but the, uh, the one that rewinds from the bottom
0: Oh, I don't know. It's a. I don't know. I
1: think it's a. Um, Gosh. I think it's an old contact. I'll I'll find that out. But yes. All right. It's really cool.
0: Now let me ask you: When you talk about the oddness, are you talking about the oddness of how they look, or are you talking about the oddness of how they operate? <laughs>
1: More the oddness about how they look, because when it comes to operation, I leave that to you, with the <laughs> Alpa, because that is a camera. The uh, the Alpa is just one of those things that you just. Oh wow! This yeah. is This is not a speedy camera, but someone must have used it like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, odd. Ca- yeah. I mean, the Alpa is odd in so many ways. Right. Uh, you know, the engineers, the strange Swiss engineers, who went from making watches to cameras, who started really with a blank sheet of paper in making that made all sorts of peculiar choices. The winder that goes from front to back, the little cover that you can take off with the meter adjustment underneath, as if your meter is going to drift out of (laughs) uh, calibration so often that you need to be able to take this off. But it also is a little panel that you can take to your local jeweler and have your initials engraved on it. So it's like a vanity thing. Right. There's the fact that the take-up spool comes out like why right why do you need to do that i mean i guess if you put one of those 250 exposure backs on the thing you would need to but how many people do that
1: no it's true and
0: then the very strange linkage where you have the shutter button going through a linkage on the lens that triggers the aperture all the way through to the camera that's odd. Right. The parallelogram rewind, which is to me a lot. The best engineered part of the camera is that rewind num that comes up and becomes a parallelogram and goes in a big circle. Right. That's great. Everything about it is strange. But to look at, is it that do you think it's odd to look at? Only medium odd to look
1: no, at. No, I don't think it's. A, I think, look, now that I'm thinking, you know, the camera I was thinking about, which is not uh, rewinding on the bottom, is that is the Voigtlander Vitessa. Oh sure. Oh, you, wait. Are you talking about the Vitessa with the plunger on top? <laughs> with the plunger on top. That's yes. odd. That's kind of odd. Yeah, really. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very odd, and that definitely gets attention because it has the barn doors and uh, and the big plunger to advance the film. Yeah. When I used to go around with my Vera, which I don't have anymore, the one with that appears to have no controls and where the winder is a collar around the lens. Right. Use that camera. No, really, really cool. So yeah, people did tend to notice that. Also, I would say the oddest camera that I own is the Minox
1: because it
0: doesn't even look like a camera. Like when you pull that out to take a picture of somebody, they think you are offering them a light of their cigarette. Right. So that's pretty odd. I also find that the Nikonos gets looks because it's so strange looking and in my case mine is green right so that let me see what else oh and the pentax auto 110 right the pentax auto 110 and now i'm sort of talking about attention getting but the fact that it's like a dinky slr like a an slr for you know a child's slr (laughs) right i think that tends to get attention to and it is also very
1: odd looking so that yeah. I'm thinking of TV? I'm also thinking of being at camera meetups and I think one of the strangest cameras I've seen is that, that Rico, like that AZ zoom, the one that looks oh, sort yeah, of I like a spaceship. Uh oh, okay. it's a really strange one, as well as that um the one ten camera. Uh which also oh, looks Oh like, yeah, the Minolta? Yeah, yeah, the Malta one ten zoom. That one yeah. is uh I mean It's a lot for a little return, it seems like. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah, but that is really cool. Okay. Do we have time for one more roll of the dice? Of course we do. One more roll of the dice. Here we go. It is a nine, and nine is scale focus cameras. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Gabe, how do you feel about scale focus cameras?
1: I like them as much as scale focus cameras. I can't stand them. And this is why, and it's, it's only because of me. It's uh, I love that people have scale focus cameras and I think they're very good at it. But if I go back to that beautiful X a four, that's been sitting on the yeah, shelf ever since I got you. my terrible rollback, which I am committed next week to use. Yeah. Um, I just can't, I, I don't know what it is. I, I did my translation from meters to feet and uh, for some reason, I do not get sharp pictures like you do. But again, you think it's something wrong with the camera, but I'm going to try it I again. I think it is. Okay.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um. I don't know why this is. I remember when I was just getting into photography as a kid, the whole idea of a scale-focused camera absolutely terrified me. Right. And so I stayed away from them for the longest time. Even the ones that had the, like, one-person, two-person right. mountains... Flower, that kind of thing. I still didn't trust it. And so I stayed away from them for the longest time. And I think maybe the first one that I got was the Petri Color 35. Right. And the thing is, with a 40 millimeter lens, if you're sloppy outdoors and you're at F8, you're going to be fine. That's the thing. The place where it gets to be complicated is if you're shooting like, you know, 75 millimeters and beyond. But most of the time, if you're shooting with fast film outdoors and a relatively wide lens, it's hard to screw up. So I started doing it, and I realized I'm actually not bad at judging distances. And I just—it's the same thing about, like, judging exposure. I'm pretty good at guessing exposure. And I think it is just something that comes with a lot of experience. I mean, there was a time I have a—one of my first cameras was a Voigtlander Vito 2, which is a— it, it it is a rangefinder style camera with no rangefinder and i was obsessive about buying the voigtlander accessory rangefinder and bolting it on and transferring the uh the measurement from the rangefinder to lens and i realized if i guessed i was usually right
1: wow i we're think gonna to, we're gonna have we're gonna have to shoot together i think that's what we're gonna have to do
0: yeah i think it is about sort of a developing a confidence you probably know more than you think you do to quote dr spock
1: hmm interesting you
0: probably are better at it than you think listeners how do you feel about scale focused cameras do you stay away from them do you fear and revile them or do you have that serene cool and confidence very curious to hear from y'all that concludes the role of the dice segment we have nine or ten other topics to get through, but how do you feel about making this something that we do
1: regularly? I love it. That's I'm Ah! pretending I'm a listener. All right, great.
0: (laughs) All right, gang. Send us some topics for the Roll the Dice segment. We want to hear from you. Uh, As you know, our email address, idreamofcameras at gmail.com, which will take us to our prodigious 15 deep prodigious (laughs) mailbag okay so here we go um i'm gonna once again need an alan Perez music cue just get it ready just get it ready because we have several from him are you ready yes we have a uh i think a new correspondent we might have heard from this gentleman once before but he has a great name and i'm so grateful to him for writing his name is angus kilpatrick
1: oh boy that's right in your wheelhouse. You love that. That's your favorite name, I think, of the last six episodes. Really
0: good. Really good. Yep. He says the topic is Nikon F3, sorry, Nikon FE versus M. What is wrong with me? Nikon FE versus FM3A. He says. Hey folks to follow up with Tom Northenskold's comment about the Fe2 and the FM3A. He started with a Nikon F FE mm-hmm. which has aperture priority, match needle metering, shutter speeds up to a thousandth. Then for, with some influence from you two and others like Trev Lee, I ended up with an FM3A. He says the FM3A is wonderful, definitely delightful, intuitive to handle. He loves the AE lock button by the shutter advance and the shutter is crisp. Mm-hmm. He added an aluminum grip. He got an AliExpress. The camera is perfect, but he says the Nikon FE is pretty amazing. If you can live without the extra shutter speed, the FE is 90% of the FM3A at one tenth
1: the price. He's right. He's right, and I am very interested in this camera.
0: Yeah, I have one. It's actually over my shoulder. It's oh wow. Yeah, I, uh, my friend's dad passed away, and he had one, and he and she gave it to me. Have you shot with uh, it? One time, and I liked it. But, you know, the FM3A, I have an FM3A, so it's <laughs> like if I'm going to pick up again. He also says the shutter speeds in the viewfinder are more spaced out and easier to read in low light. The shutter dial is lighter touch, so he can operate it with one finger. He also finds that he's more likely to sling it over his shoulder and take it out because it's less precious. How about that?
1: Oh, and you know what? that's something we have to talk about i completely understand that i think if there's a camera you can be less precious about i think you focus on taking pictures that are better yeah that's all i'm saying for sure yeah
0: he rounds out by saying he's had both of these cameras serviced at paramount camera repair in saskatchewan and mm-hmm. they both feel like new thanks folks Gus Kilpatrick. oh that's great. okay so that's my canadian accent i hope you guys well done it. Tom Northenskold follows up on his own topic and says, another great thing about the FE2 is the viewfinder. He says the FM3A viewfinder and FE2 viewfinder are darn near identical, with the exception that the FE2 has higher magnification level. The only other difference is that the FM3A has a flash-ready indicator. This is amazing when you realize the FE2 came out 20 years before the FM3A. How about that? Wow. He also says to him, the FE2 styling is classier. He likes the older style Nikon logo. I got to agree with him on that. Yeah, the I older agree. The Nikon logo is better. Anyway, he once again says, the FE2 is an FM3A that needs a battery and costs one-fourth the price. Okay. He follows up with an email about the Nikon D700. Oh. He says it was his first full-frame digital camera, and he says there is something Special about that 12 megapixel CCD sensor. It's true. He says the color rendering is like butter. Yeah. He also says that 50 millimeter 1.8 lens is a fantastic value. He also has it in the 28, 35, 50, and 85 versions. And he includes a portrait he took with this camera, which is lovely. Love that. Another D700 partisan. I have to say it's a hideously ugly camera. (laughs) But you guys, all right. Alan Perez, give us the music cue. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our first email from
1: Alan
0: Perez. He says, "Thank you for the special musical introduction to my letters. (laughs) I don't expect it on every episode, but it did make me feel special." He says, he says some praise. I'm going to skip it. Thank you for that, Alan. You're very nice. uh, The gentleman who wrote about the accidental firing of his Olympus XA. Alan points out there is a gentleman who sells on eBay a shutter release guard. What is it? It's simply a sticky, it's a stick-on frame that goes, that gives a little extra thickness above the top plate of the camera so that you have to poke your finger inside to push the shutter button. Interesting. It's super cheap. It totally harmonizes with the camera. Looks nice. Anyway, look it up olympus xa shutter release card that is a good tip all right next we hear from oh here we go now this is an email from another of our correspondents martin mcpherson (laughs) he says i will fight you but not really hiya guys here's a scottish accented name for andrew lawson okay first thing he says i definitely feel the pain on heavy cameras Gabe."
1: Mm -hmm. I love
0: the images I got out of my Kodak Metalist 2, but it's a boulder and was moved along. I agree. You guys often sing the praises of the Hasselblad 500 ELM. As a matter of fact, Gabe was just doing that. But I moved on from it quickly as it's an absolute boat anchor. There's a definite balance between a reassuring heft and either a plastic lightweight or an anvil. It's part of why I'm strongly considering 645 in medium format, though I wonder about the differences in images compared to 6x7 or 6x9. Any thoughts? You've shot with this much more than I have. What do you Look, think about 645? Th- this was, is what I think about
1: 645. I I do love it, but there's something about the square format that I'm I'm more attracted uh, to. But I will yeah. say 645, the contact 645 is an amazing camera. I'm really, really happy with that one. Um, and I'm trying to think of, you know, look, the, but the other one, you know, you're talking about beast cameras. The RZ67 is just gigantic. Yes. Um, it yes, is it great. Is. I do see people bringing them to these photo meetups, which is quite hilarious, but they get great pictures out of them. So I can't make fun of them. But um, I like it. I like 645. Yeah. I think it's something you get used to and you get more shots. So I like that part of it.
0: Okay. He goes on to say, while I understand the love for the Pentax Spotmatic and agree it's an excellent entry, not only to M42, but to photography as a whole, I don't believe it's the handsomest M42 camera or even the handsomest Pentax. As mentioned in previous discussions, the Pentax S series are much more beautiful in person than an image conveys. Okay. Okay. I will say this, and I did not realize this. The S slash H series are smaller, significantly. And I didn't know this, because if you look at them in photographs, they look exactly the same. But they're about, I'd say, 10% smaller than a Spotmatic. So he's not wrong about that. He also says, and then there's that other one Jeff picked up, the Pentacon FM. I think that camera looks better in every way, a unique beauty in a sea of similar lines, though I'd pick the Spotmatic to shoot any time. Yeah, that's the thing, Martin. It's like... The Pentagon is very beautiful. I agree with you. But it feels a little tetchier than the Spotmatic. Spotmatic feels more rugged. I think I'm more likely to grab it. Finally, he says, I cringe at the idea of a camera in the delivery room, especially a TLR. But I did bring my Polaroid Land 250 and a pack of beloved FP3000B, rest in peace, bring mm. and peel apart. When my son is born, was born for after the fact, special events demand special films particularly film that hangs around in the fridge because you don't know what to do with it do you find that's the case that if you've been saving a film that a special event will get you to pull it out
1: i wish for some Ah! for some reason first of all people just shoot your film like my problem is i save it and save it and save it and save it it save it save it and go oh i'll shoot this one day and then I rarely do. And now yes. now I'm all in the school of let's shoot film.
0: I know. I know. This is my problem, by the way, is my film fridge is in L.A., but my I'm spending a lot of time in New York and I'm away from it. Right. So my rare, I mean, am I going to bring 20 packs of FP3000B through the metal detector at LAX? No, I am not. Right. So anyway, but yes. Anyway, Martin, thank you as always for the email. The next email from... Uh, Masiek Miller, M A C I E K, Masiek? Masiek? Mac Miller photo yes. on Instagram. Mac Miller photo with underscores between the words says regarding Gabe's D700. Guys, I listen to you on a regular basis, enjoy the show a lot. You influence some of my camera choices like FM3A, though I assume a reasonable number of cameras means different volumes to us. Anyway, I shoot Nikon's F100 an FM slash FE line, and some great digital cameras, the Cool Coolpix A, and of course, the legendary D700. He says he wanted to share which lenses he thinks are worth trying for oh, the D700. Oh, this is
1: great. Are you ready? I can't he wait. He says
0: the 51.8, not worthy. Okay. How about that? Okay. The 35 millimeter F2 AFD, greatest combo for everyday autofocus shooting. How
1: about that? 35mm
0: AFD? Yes, 2.0, 35 f2.0. The 105 f2.5 AIS. What a spectacular combo. D700 is meant for this lens. Gabe, please try it if you own the lens. Oh, yes, I own so the lens. So he's talking about Yeah, he's talking about mounting that old Nikon F mount lens on it. Helios 44 with Nikon mount. I don't know that lens. He says another Sleeper, swirly bokeh, magnificent sharpness, lovely color and pop. He says newer, newer AF lenses, AFS lenses work fine as well. The 85 1.8 is his favorite. Enjoy your camera, Gabe. All the best to both of you. Mac, how about that? That's helpful. Great tips. Thank you for writing, Mac. We appreciate it. Next up. One of our favorite correspondents, Ms. Michelle LeMay, sent us a picture of her film fridge. Speaking of having way too much FP3000B so and good. 100C, yeah, exactly. she has a fridge that looks exactly like mine. This is what she said, and we're just putting it out there, guys. Michelle LeMay said, Please make me sell all this FP film. Better yet, <laughs> please buy it from me. My land camera has a shutter lag, and I will never fix it. Grand Thanks. Shots fired, guys! If you are looking for some FP, we will put you in touch with Michelle. Absolutely, she did not list her Instagram, but I think she's on Instagram, Michelle with two L's, LeMay. Michelle, thank you for writing. Next up, let's have a musical fanfare for Alan bow. Perez. Bow, 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 bow. One more he note says, and we'd have to pay for it, so there you go. He says Gabe talks often about being afraid of cameras because of the need to zone focus, the XA2 or X A four. Time's up, Gabe. You can't hide behind that fear anymore. There are great number there's a number of great YouTube tutorials about zone focus and hyperfocal distance. Johnny Martyr has a good imp- article on his website, which he links to. He says all it takes is a roll or two of film, a thirty five millimeter camera, a notebook, and some time to experiment. I think Gabe could even use a digital (laughs) SLR that allows for manual focus and get immediate feedback.
1: Ah! That's what I say. Ah! That's the word of the day.
0: I love it. He (laughs) says, I successfully shot lots of zone focus shots on my Olympus XA during my recent Europe trip and walking around my neighborhood. How about that? That's good. He amends it in a subsequent letter saying, you don't even need the DSLR. You could use your M10. Hmm. How about that? You could experiment with the M10. Okay. I'm not not fighting that one, yeah. Here's another Alan Perez. Music cue. (laughs) He says, as he said in his Instagram comments, this is about the photo of us together the other day. Yes. He says, we are not fooled. The photo was a careful edit by the Eastern (laughs) European spy master on the left using an exacto knife and tape. If they could make people disappear from the lineup on the Kremlin on May Day, this would be a piece of cake. Why does he, let's call him Gabe, have a big smile? He just recruited the guy on the right. Let's call him Jeff. (laughs) After all, a bald 6'5", or is it 6'7"? Hey, man, it is 6'7".
1: That's right.
0: Guy can meld into crowds everywhere. The important qualification Jeff has is he can reach tall places without a ladder. Actually, it is that he can handle the entire range of minox spy cameras. He can develop the film himself without training, and if need be... He can handle all kinds of photographic equipment in case the minoxes, or is it minoxeme or minoxote, (laughs) fail. This may be my favorite Allen email let. Yes. So good. Who brought Gabe and Jeff together? P, the Eastern European femme fatale, of course. (laughs) She enticed Jeff with visits to exotic places and the chance to use his X-band in ways he never imagined. Stage direction, use lots of innuendo. I don't do that. hope you enjoy. <laughs> I did writing it, Alan. That's fantastic, Alan. That's a good one. And our penultimate email from Alan Perez. Music cue. Ba-no-no-no. He notes the passing of Julia Scully. Yes. Influential photography editor and memoirist. He links to her obituary in the New York Times. She was 94. A life well lived. And then he links to... <laughs> An email on, I mean, sorry, an article on F-Stoppers called The Many Joys of Film Photography. He says, this is for Gabe, a kindred souls video about a Scandinavian photographer's outing to do some nature photography. At minute four, he starts talking about the equipment he brought, the bags he used, why, is he, why he needs other bags. Have you seen this, Gabe? No, I can't wait. Check it out. Thank you for writing, as always, Alan Perez. We are getting close to the bottom of our prodigious mailbag. Oh, my goodness. And what would a mailbag be without the great Brian McDonald?
1: <laughs> guys,
0: I, we need some somebody from Italy or Spain to write in. Right, right. Mean, please, uh, please, as this, fast as you this can. This accent, it's a little much. Yeah. He says, Dear Jeff and Gabe, there were some great talking points in episode 57, not least Gabe's slow and unsteady realization that less might be more. Gabe, I think your reflection on the positive aspects of the Freaks and Geeks shooting experience should not be ignored. I got further insight into the fear-induced packing on your appearance on The Lighting Lounge. Guys, if you have not heard Gabe's appearance on our friends, the Sunny 16 Podcasts, Sunny 16 presents Lighting Lounge with John Michael Mendeza. He's great. It's all the Gabe and none of the Jeff. So do check it out.
1: (laughs) You're too kind. Anyway.
0: He says, the logic for a backup camera was sound, but I believe you listed six cameras in total for a shoot. Two medium format, 235, two digital, and it sounds like you juggle them all. I could not cope with this, nor could I cope with photographing people even if they were my friends. (laughs) Interesting. He says, I I just deliver the news. He says, have you noticed how Jeff has smoothly transitioned from plants and buildings guy to cinematic plants and buildings with supermodel guy all right yeah uh. yes it's happened jeff x-pan fatigue is the funniest first world problem i have heard in a while as for your ready remedy buying some s-word pretender in multiple colors what's next budweiser to cure champagne induced gout
1: (laughs) oh my gosh
0: (laughs) that's amazing
1: so good
0: in in lieu of actual praise, I think I could tolerate a photo sit with you both in New York if teleportation was a thing and Jeff could squeeze us in. Gabe, are we going to do a photo sit while we're there? Maybe.
1: Why not? All right.
0: Watch this space, guys. And that is best wishes from Brian. Thank you so much for writing. We're down to our last two emails. Oh, this is a long one. Who boy, this is a long one. I am just going to digest it. This is an excellent email from... Gerhard Wimmer Etz.
1: Wow. Who is
0: that? Gerhard Wimmer Etz writes, Vienna calling for real. He's from Vienna. How about that? Wow. He says, Gerhard from Vienna, Austria here. Great job on the Falco reverence. Right. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. He says, as an Austrian who is great at skiing, that's a lie. And someone who swam in the lake where he proposed to Maria Shriver, I demand a Schwarzenegger accent on at least one line if you decide to read any of that. Okay, I'm going to tell an Arnold Schwarzenegger story.
1: Let's hear it.
0: I met him once. It's a long story how. But at the time, he was still with Maria. And I said, would you ever consider guest starring on Will and Grace? At the time, he was governor of California. Right. And Maria said, Arnie, you should do that. And he looked at her and he said, When do I have time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you asked for it. Oh, that would have been
0: good. I do want to read this particular part. He asked if I saw the Beatles exhibition in Vienna. I did not see it. Um, He says this. I love this because this is not praise. He says, when I stumbled across your show, I didn't really like the first few minutes. I thought two hyperactive yankees with gas no thanks
1: (gasps) oh no isn't that great yep
0: but i love this part luckily my phone wasn't in reach and i was too lazy to
1: get up (laughs) we went him over because of that
0: (laughs) because he was too lazy to get up so i listened a little longer and he has now binged them all and then he praises us all right i'm not gonna do that okay (laughs) Not going to do that. He does say that he relates to each of us. He always has a camera with him in case he has to document a war, (laughs) the last days of humanity, or a postman with his hat on backwards. He also can't have anything in his house that isn't perfect, like Jeff's M3. Get it out. Even I think of that missing piece of leatherette now. Oh, my gosh. So good. Anyway, I want to run down real quick because he covered a lot of our hot topics. Okay. He said, self-timers, I hate them. FE versus FM3A. He said FM slash FM2, of course. Wow. Because no electronic shutter and because it lacks the horrible plastic window to see the film cartridge you use. <laughs> he calls that horrible. Oh, do I love this. These are hot takes. Camera straps. He says, oh, yes. Canonet. He says tinny, but it can be. He's talking about the G3QL. Right. He says it is tinny, but it can be used fully manual. So he's right. He likes that camera. Point and shoot. Long story short, I threw two Yashikas in the bin at the same time. I went to a guy buying one as a spare, had his other one with him. I guess he's talking about the T4. He says, you could gift me a T4 or a Contax T2. I wouldn't take it to rest my nerves from this plastic electronic accidents waiting to happen. Half-frame cameras. He prefers the whole cookie. And not to yes. rotate the gun 90 degrees. Yes. Bulk loading. He develops himself, but he won't get into bulk loading. There's no way I wouldn't mess that up. And he added a few of his recent shots. Wow, these are great. He sent us a few of his shots. I love the sepia tone of the uh, images you shot. There's also kind of an erotic shot among these, which I thought was pretty hot. It's this girl with cutoffs sticking her hand down her boyfriend's pants on a bridge. Really nice shot, Gerhard. and he says finally cameras for the desert island where i have a house with a camera shelf all fully manual except the x-pan of course he's here are his desert island cameras which he owns zero of are you ready yes leica m a because it has the 28 millimeter frame lines oh nikon f gerhard you could get one of those Hasselblad x-pan Hasselblad 501 cm and pentax 6x7 And he says his real Desert Island camera would be the FM2 with the 28mm f2.8. How about that? This is amazing. Gerhard, thank you for your email. I'm going to be back in Vienna in uh, mid-October with the girl. Uh, We might make friends. Okay. And finally, boy, we are into an XL episode, but this is a short one. Thank you again, Gerhard, for writing. If you have an Instagram, let us know what it is. And finally... Stephen Schabel from the OC says, I'd like to get your opinion on this, Gabe, because you are a wordsmith. He says, plural of peas. Here's his question. If you acquire all the colors of the Minolta peas, how will you refer to your plurality of peas? Is it peas, peases, or peasizes? Please share your guidance as
1: a professional writer. What do you think? I think I have a flock of peas. eye. P's
0: eye. P's eye. So it P apostrophe S <laughs> I. Yes. I'm with you.
1: P's eye.
0: Yeah. It's a flock of eye. Okay. P's-I. There you go. There's yeah. your answer. Stephen. There you go. He also <laughs> says, he says, by the way, I picked up a near mint plus, 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 plus peas recently. And it's every bit as fun as you advertise. Thanks for the gas regards. Stephen Shabel. That. Brings to a close, our prodigious (laughs) mailbag. I don't sing on this podcast enough.
1: You should. I'm serious. We should have a singing segment in addition to the rolling the dice segment.
0: Yes. So... gang (laughs) thank you for your emails that was 15 deep guys thank and only five of those were alan Perez. uh six six of them were alan Perez. thanks so much for writing everybody especially our new correspondents as y'all know you can always reach us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com gabe what do you think (laughs) episode 58 this is you know after 60 we get to stop what? We get to stop in two episodes. Yeah, in two episodes, we get
1: to stop. Not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Uh, succession ended. Why can't we? No, it can't. Ugh, we'll end right. after a few. Fine, fine. A few fine. more are coming. Okay.
0: Uh, Let's see. Do I do the Instagram shout outs now? I guess I do. Okay. Yes. So, in addition to emailing us, you can check idreamofcameras.com for all your iDreamOfCamera's needs, including our incredible merch. And you can follow I Dream of Cameras on Instagram. We are I Dream of Cameras. Gabe Sachs, what are you on Instagram?
1: I think I'm just Gabe Sachs. That's correct. Yes.
0: The show is I Dream of Cameras. I am S Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon who got blown off the front page of the Google search results. Suck on that.
1: <laughs> who do we it.
0: have to thank
1: Gabe? Well, we have to thank a couple of people. One is Keith Greenstein, who has given us a look and a feel and merch and all kinds of stuff and uh, has been amazing to our podcast. And he is family, as we know. And another family member is the amazing musical genius Fred Corey, who is in Austin this weekend. Um, But he is loving his film cameras and is going to camera meetups. And I couldn't be happier about that and his contribution to the show. And there's a couple other things I want to mention. Yay! One is, do you remember Jeff Green's my friend Chloe Kistner, who of course you I know do. just I started, on you know, started yeah. doing stuff. Well, she has a photography business now, which I couldn't be happier <gasps> oh my about. Oh, God! I would say we contributed to it. I'm not guaranteeing. We told her it. to buy an AE one. I'm right? telling you, she is great, and she's doing that. But oh. that's not the story I want to tell right now. Okay. Her mom, Stephanie, who is one of my oldest friends in the world. Stephanie has been listening to the podcast.
0: Wow. And she
1: wrote me the other day and said she is very excited about getting a film camera and possibly the Olympus OM-2N. This made my year. So Stephanie is going to be... A photographer in the film world. We have lured her into the dark oh, side by wow. her listening to our podcast. And we are very excited to see what she comes up with. I will be helping her with that purchase and finding this the right is camera. Amazing. So cool. I love it. Crazy, right? I
0: love it. Oh, my yeah. God. Look what we did. Yeah. Oh, amazing. yeah. Amazing. Very exciting fantastic well shout out to stephanie and to chloe uh we will link to chloe's instagram i love that i love that so oh, fun that it's turned into a business that's fantastic well gabe we, this is an XL episode XL. well <laughs> over an hour look what you all get for your podcast look what happens
1: dollar. exactly
0: uh walk us out of here my friend
1: uh i will tell you and i say this over and over again if you do not have a photography meetup in your town create one it is so possible and you know with la photography club there was a meetup in culver city by the beautiful steps and you know met all these people met some people from japan and and what's interesting is katie from la photography club she's the one who posted on eventbrite so there's all these places you could post things for free and just sort of get people to come to your meetup and that's how it happens people so Get out there, start a photo meetup, meet friends from all over the world, and enjoy taking pictures. We will see you next time.